Hey, everybody, I'd like to invite you to Colossians chapter 3 this morning. We're going to read a few verses there in just a few minutes, and then a little bit later, uh, we're going to celebrate communion together. We do that always on the first Sunday of the month, and I'm looking forward to doing that with all of you, remembering Christ's work uh, together. Before we jump in, I wanted to mention a couple of times. First of all, for the first time ever today at 6 o'clock online, we have a digital version of our growth track that is starting Growth Track is a process that we have in place to help people come closer to the center of what's happening here at Broad River Church to answer your questions about who Broad River Church is. Um, it doubles as our membership class. And as we go on into Growth Track, into this process, you have a chance to discover your spiritual gift, kind of what makes you tick spiritually, so that you can discover your purpose for the thing that all people want to do, which is make a difference with their lives. Today, is step one of Growth Track. And again, it's at six o'clock and you're invited to be there. All you need to do is to go to the Connect card that's online and just select that you're interested in Growth Track. And in between right now and tonight, we will get you the information you need to be able to log on uh, to step one of the Growth Track that is happening tonight. Let me mention starting next week, we're beginning a brand new message series called Choose Joy. I believe that a lot of us, uh, want joy in our lives. It's something we seek after. But I think we're going to find some awesome things out about joy. One is that joy is not just a feeling, but it's actually foundational to who we are. We're going to spend four weeks talking about joy in the month of May, learning that it's, it's not, joy is not something that just kind of happens to you, but it's a choice. And so be there at 10 o'clock next Sunday as we begin this series. As it's already been mentioned, we'd love for you to fill out a Connect card today that's online, especially if you're a guest with us today, to let us know that you were here, letting us, let us know how can we, we can follow up with you. We have some information we'd love to share with you about the church show for all of you, but especially if you're a guest with us today, please take the time to fill out a Connect card and also the prayer request um, that is also online. Please let us know how we can join with you in prayer about the things that are going on in your life. We believe in the power of prayer and we want to come along beside you and pray for you and with you. Today, uh, before we re receive communion, I'd like to finish up a thought that we've been looking at the last three weeks specifically, and, and really overall for about six weeks. Uh, the more broad idea is a promise that we've been claiming as a church that healing is coming. And then as we've explored what that actually means, I've asked us the last couple of weeks to consider the question, what if we never die? I mean, I can kind of guess what you'd do if you just had one week to live. That's kind of like the bucket list stuff. But what if you knew that you were never going to stop living? And if you're a Christ follower today, this is not just some sort of fanciful thought experiment. We've seen together that Jesus abolished death. He said, the one who believes in me, even if they die, they live. Right? The one who believes in me, if they haven't died, then what they fear is death is never going to happen to them. Last week, we saw the reason that Jesus made this promise to us. First of all, because God has plans for us. Secondly, because God has invested in us. And thirdly, because God loves us. I believe this is a game changer, which is why we've talked about it for three weeks. It should change the way that you think and the way that you live. 
I mean, if you believe it. In fact, when Jesus got done saying a lot of these exact things to his direct followers, he said to them, do you believe this? And this is where I want us to end today. Let's look at three verses from Colossians chapter 3, and then we'll jump in. Verse 1 through 4, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have, if you have died, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, you are my rock and my redeemer. Pray that you would speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, or really even if this is your first time to join us, and, and by the way, if it is, welcome. Uh, this is a place that you can belong even before you believe. But if you've heard what I've had to say, I think that there are two outstanding questions that we still need to answer. First of all, when I say, what if we never die, I think the first question that's still outstanding is, how do we know this is true? I mean, how do we know we won't stop existing? That's the first question. And then the second one, if it is true, then how should we live? And that's what I want us to take on. I, I've been hinting at the answer to the first question kind of all along the way. I said last week that, hey, we need to take Jesus serious. Hey, Jesus is the one who has the information that we need about life. So when we ask the question, how do we know all of this is true, that we're never going to die, and I hope by now that you're asking that today, the answer shouldn't be a surprise. We know it's true because of the reality and the authority of Jesus' kingdom. The reality of Jesus' kingdom. Get this, Jesus is a real historical fact, and he is a real present-day fact. I'm afraid that too many times we think of Jesus as some guy in the painting, right? He's kind of like disconnected and, and distant and kind of, I don't know, walking around with this very serene look on his face. But Jesus is a historical fact, verifiable in historical writings, Writings other than the Bible who say he lived when the scriptures say he lived. I think that's important. Wouldn't it bother you if I was bringing you a message about this person who, say, who says, if you believe in me, you're never going to die, but then you found out that he wasn't even real? It'd be hard to take those words as serious, right? They might inspire you, but could you really be sold out to the idea? I don't think so. Or what if he was just a historical fact? There are others in history that had similar things to say as Jesus. Others that believed the soul was eternal and that after you die, there is something that comes after. Socrates, for instance, Plato wrote a lot about him and a lot of Socrates' words look a lot like the words of Jesus. And listen, Socrates was a great guy and he was really smart and he was strongly convinced about all of this same stuff. He talked about the life to come, but when Socrates died, he stayed dead. 
He, he didn't stand on both sides of death. Socrates died, and he was buried, and he's still buried. Here's another reason that you can take Jesus seriously, because he did this thing that's never happened before. He said, I'm going to rise again when I die. And listen, that's not the, uh, the crazy part. Other people have said that, but then Jesus died and he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay on the other side of death. Jesus stood on both sides of death. So he's a present day fact too. Who is it? that has the best information about the most important things in all of the world. Who is it? I mean, is it Bill Gates? We've seen him talking a lot recently. He's had a lot to say, and he's done a lot of good with his foundation. He's had a lot to say, especially during this season of virus. The president has had a lot of things to say, our governors, notable doctors. But even if you could kind of just focus your thoughts outside of the virus, I know it's tough, but who has the best information about our life? It's Jesus, right? Jesus knows what he's talking about. Now, our culture has kind of gently pushed him off to the side, so we don't always think about him in this way, but we know this is true. We know that what he said is true because of the authority and the reality of Jesus. A historical fact, a present day fact. And this leans to his authority, which we see in John chapter 14, verse 1, where Jesus says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So since there is a God... And since Jesus made clear to us what God is like, we trust him when he gives us this reality that is beyond death. Come on, right where you are right now, I want you to say that together. Say beyond death. Say it again. Beyond death. Dallas Willard, the Christian philosopher, says it this way. Since all of this is true... I am an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's kingdom. Now, I'm saying that to you. I'll say it, but, but you need to own this for yourself. You are an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's kingdom. I want you to leave that up on the screen for a couple of minutes. That's something you need to write down and say it and own it and live it. Put it on your bathroom mirror. So because of the authority and the reality of Jesus making this true to us, we know it's true because of those things, then what should we do? How should we live since we know this? Some of you super pragmatic people, I know you've been squirming in your seats for a couple of weeks. You've been saying this from, from week number one. This all sounds super philosophical and spiritual, Pastor Kevin, but what do I do if I believe this? What do I do? What now? And there's a few things. And I'd like you to write these down if you're taking notes. I want you to write these things down. What do we do? What's the appropriate way to live now that we know that will never cease to exist. First of all, I want to encourage you to lean into this vision and be heaven-minded. 
Now listen, if you had told me 10 years ago that this would be a point in one of my messages, I would have said, that's not me, doesn't sound like me. In fact, I used to be one of these crowd that like to say things like, that guy is so heavenly minded that he is no earthly good. You've heard that, right? Only one problem is now I've lived a few years and all these years later, I haven't met that person. In fact, the way I'd say it this way is now, if you want to find someone who does a lot of earthly good, find a heavenly minded person. A lot of younger people watching don't know much about Mother Teresa, but if you dig into her life, you're going to find out that the reason she was so good here on earth is because she had her mind on what was to come. So we finally made it to these verses in Colossians. This is the early church leader, Paul, who says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things, watch this, that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind where? On things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Older versions say, in splendor. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for what God's going to reveal to us in glory? That's what's next. There's this new thing that God's going to open up to us. Do you think about that? About being there with God in what's next. And by the way, glory is something better than you can imagine. So if I say the word glory... You think about how good that could possibly be, and it's better than that. Lean into that vision. That's the first thing. Cultivate it. Since it's true that we will never die, what should we do? Number two, talk about it with the people you love. Talk about it with your friends. Talk about it with other members of Broad River Church. Hear me on this. Don't wait to talk about it. Don't wait until somebody has almost no time left and they're on their deathbed to talk to them about these things. Talk with your kids. Talk with your spouse. Talk with your parents. Talk about what this means. Talk about this never-ending life that Jesus, we saw, brought out into the light. Talk about it a lot. Listen, I haven't talked about it enough. Well, if I talk about eternal life too much, people will think I'm, gonna, I'm some sort of religious fanatic. You know what? Take the risk. You talk about everything else. You talk about sports. You talk about politics. You've been talking about the exact right date to go back to work. You've talked about it. Talk about this. Talk about it on your Zoom call with friends from the office. It's okay. You can figure out how to work it in, but especially to the people you love. Help them understand what's going to happen. Talk about how serious you take Jesus. Jesus knows about this stuff. He's not just some mystic. He's not just some dreamer. He's not just some Swedish guy who always had his hair straightened right before the photos was taken. Talk about it. And then here's the third thing. When you're talking about it, let people know that no one who knows Christ dies alone. 
This is so important. And COVID-19 has really made this clear in my mind. We know of people that have been separated from the ones that they love, even at the end of their physical life. And it's heartbreaking and there's so much fear. I think for many of us about being alone when we die. So it's so important to know that no one who knows Jesus dies alone. No one. You won't die alone. If you are no one who is a follower of Jesus dies alone, it doesn't matter what the external circumstances are. I'm going to move on from this because of time, but if you want to dig deeper into this, check out the story of Lazarus in Luke chapter 16. And when you read it, read it with the understanding that what you're reading there is real life. It'll help you. Listen, we need to take Jesus serious. Make sure your children know about this. Make sure that you know this. No one who knows Jesus dies alone. We haven't talked about going in the other direction in this series, in these messages. And if listen, if you're going the other direction, it's a whole different story. But if you're going where Jesus is going, you won't die alone. Here's a fourth thing. Since we know it's true, what should we do? Fourth thing is develop your life in God's kingdom every day. I love this. Since you are right now becoming the person that you're going to be forever, you need to practice for the future right now. Galatians uh, chapter 6, verse 8 says this, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. I don't know if you remember that word from last week. This word corruption means decay. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. If you live, in other words, like this is all there is, this here on earth, this is all you're going to get. Romans chapter 8, verse 6, we saw in our soap reading, even just this last couple of weeks, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. We, we practice this eternal life now. Check it. Eternity is now. It's not later. It's now. Eternity is not going to begin sometime in the future. It's now. And we can learn how to live that life. I've got two more things. I want you to write these down, especially you practical people uh, that want to know what do we do now that we know we will never die? How should we live? What's the appropriate way to live? Here's the fifth thing. Treat other people like you know they will live forever. Your family, treat them that way. Your children, your neighbors, strangers. That's really important, by the way. This is how you take care of road, road rage in your life. If you start treating strangers on the road like they are eternal beings, it changes everything. Treat others this way. Treat people that are repulsive to you this way. Sometimes you got to treat yourself this way because you're repulsive to yourself. You have to remember who you are. Treat people who harm you this way. Treat them this way like you know they will live forever. And maybe the most helpful thing, treat the next person you come into contact with this way. And here's the last one. Plan on this. If you know you're never going to die, 
plan that way. Last week I said that God has plans for you, and now I'm saying you need to have plans for you too. Let me just have some fun with you, but it's also very serious. What do you plan to be doing 400 years from now? Have you ever thought about that? Listen, God is calling us into this reality. That's what he's calling us to. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells a story. And at the end of the story, there's this master that's saying to this faithful servant, well done, good and faithful servant. Now enter into the joy of the Lord. Come on, enter into the joy of the Lord. What God has in mind for you is simple. He wants you to become the kind of person that he can set free to be able to do what you want to do. And I mean what you really want to do. That, that's what God has in mind. Now, there's a lot that goes into that transformation, but that's God's purpose for you, that you could do what you really want to do. Isn't that what we want like for our children? You want them to do what they want to do. You just want them to get their wants fixed. Right? God wants us to do what we want to do. He just wants to get our wanters fixed. That's what God wants for you. We sing the song, When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. You know this one, right? So maybe like pull back like 9,600 years and just think about what you'll be up to about 400 years from now. You won't just be singing, by the way. I think that's what comes into some people's mind. There's lots more to do. Heaven is not just an endless church service. That's for free today. That's not what heaven is. Listen, I love church probably more than anybody but my mother, but an endless church service doesn't sound great to me. I love church, but I don't want to do that all the time. And the good news is God's got lots more. He's got plans for us. You need to have plans for you too. Start planning that way since you know that's where you're headed. I want to pray with us this morning. God, thank you for your words of truth to us. And God, I pray for those that maybe have been around your kingdom for a long time, that you would help us to see this in a new way. Give us this vision, God. Help us to order our steps accordingly. Help us to, to redeem the time because First of all, the days are evil, but also, Lord, because you have plans for us. God, I pray that for everyone that's gathered in today, that you would give us a new vision for our life with you. Help us, Lord, to, to be a people that start planning that direction. Help us to be a people, Lord, that, that tell others about it. Help us be a people, Lord, that take you serious and take you at your word, that, that our, our connection to Christ is not just checking off some box of showing up at a church service, Lord, that we're planning the same way about our lives that you're planning about our lives. And you have eternity in mind. And God, when I think about eternal things, I, I think about a few people that have joined us today. And as I've been speaking, they would say, you know what? I've never really even made the decision to follow after Jesus. I've never placed my eternity in Jesus's hands. God, I thank, that you, thank you that you brought him, them to this place for this time, for this
for this word. God, I pray that that word would penetrate into their hearts, that it would not be something that they could move quickly past. And if that's you today, and you would say, you know what? I, I wanna turn my heart and my life over to Jesus. I wanna make Jesus the ruler of my life. I wanna tell you that this is a Jesus who came for you. He had you in mind. He lived a perfect life here on earth with you in mind. He laid his life down. He was buried. He was resurrected to new life. He stood on both sides of death for you. And if you want to walk into that reality today, listen, the beginning of eternity is right now and right here for you today. And if that's you, I want to just say a prayer right now. And I'd just like to invite you to say the words that I say, and I'm saying them on your behalf for you to repeat after me, but say them as your words. We're gonna pray that prayer right now. In Broad River Church, nobody prays alone. Let's pray this prayer together. And if this is you, just say these words right now. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for laying down your life. And now, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Turn my heart back to you. I want to live my life for you. And that's what I'll do, starting right now, to the best of my ability. I give my heart to you. I just say this to him. Say, I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God a big praise today. God, we're so thankful for what you've done today.